On today's episode of the Bulls broadcast, we take a peek at Crawshaw's preseason draft rankings. Stay tuned. Season 4, Episode 4 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crawshaw with you today. Chase, how are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? I'm doing all right. A little tired, not going to lie. Uh, yeah. But it's a little, little early for my liking, especially since, you know, the weekend or those days I hope to sleep on a little more. But not doing that um, yesterday or today is what it is. Also, it doesn't help that um, my girlfriend's dog just loves to wake me up and on stop throughout the night, and so mm. I don't get like a full cycle of sleep. So good, you know, just just kind of running on fumes here. But I'm chilling. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It is a little bit early. It's before 10 a.m. Eastern here for us, as we have some big plans later today. So that's why we needed to get this one out early. If you are unaware, which you shouldn't be, but if you are, the NFL season starts. Well, it started Thursday, but the big slate of games starts today. It's Week One. We are going to the Lions game versus the Eagles. That'll be a lot of fun. And then, of course, we've got football on all night. So didn't really want to interrupt week one of the season. So we're going to do it early, and it's going to be a fun episode. We're going to be talking about Tampa's prospect tournament roster. Uh, going to be looking at a new NHL rule. Talk about Connor Bedard as he uh, he's getting off to a hot start. And then after the commercial break, we're going to go a full deep dive into Chase's preseason draft rankings, which is going to be a lot of fun as well because we love the draft over here. Yes, we do. And if if no NHL news is happening, if the NHL doesn't want to give us anything, we'll create something by bringing out the preseason draft rankings. So, Chase, let's start off first with the Tampa Bay Prospect Showcase and their roster. What do we see here that we like? Is there any surprises? I mean, no, like not really. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of these are are already drafted guys. A couple, um, you know, like free agent invites, a couple free agent, you know, like signings. You know, what whatever it might be. Um, you look at, you, you know, like some of the some of the undrafted guys, like Declan Carlisle or, or Ilya Uso. I think is how you pronounce it. Um, Jack Lafontaine. You know, you know those guys are are kind of newer to the stuff. You know, they they haven't been in the Tampa Bay system as long as some of these other prospects. And of course, we see some of our recent draft picks too, um, you know, like Isaac, you know, the Isaac Howards are of the world. Even though I, I don't know if it's actually in this tournament or not, but um, regardless, like um, we, we we see some we see some some newer guys. Um, it, it should it should be a, a decent tournament. I'm really looking forward to seeing what um, Lucas Edmonds does. Mm-hmm. He is a bit of a unique scenario that uh, was able to be in the draft as as an age out in the OHL, which. Isn't very common, but since he came over from Europe, he still had the European draft laws applied to him. He had a very strong season going in the third round. Someone that always had talent but never really put it together, finally put it together. I'm hoping he has a big kind of tournament here and then starts off with a bang in, uh, in Syracuse. Maybe he gets a call-up this year. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. And then uh, Dylan Gill as well, our seventh-round pick from this yeah. most recent draft, is going to be there. And then, I mean, the headliner. It's going to be Jack Thompson, uh, former third-round pick back in 2020. A guy who, uh, you know, we know well, and we're really hoping for the best things for him, and hopefully we see him up in the NHL sooner than later. And there's no current college guys. I don't know why I said Isaac Howard. I knew that. 
So it's it's all just like it's all major junior guys or free invites and stuff. Yeah, and then on the backside, you mentioned Jack LaFontaine, how he's a free agent, and then we've got Hugo Onnefeld, who was our third round pick back in 2019. So um, a team that we're going to be looking forward to see if any of these guys can really make a big jump in their game. And who knows, maybe we could see a name or two of these guys uh, up in the NHL when the time comes. We're, we'll, we'll probably see two or three of these guys play in the NHL this year, if not, if not four, but probably two or three safe. Perfect. That's what we want to see. Next up, let's talk about this new NHL rule. Uh, kind of went under the radar. We didn't really see much talk about it, but um, we did find it, and it has to do with major penalties. Yeah, so now, kind of like international hockey, the NHL referees have the ability, I think, I'm assuming it's automatic, like in international, um, to review major penalties to make sure that they got the right the right call. Um, so if you call, like, a, a hit from behind, for example, um, you know, and instead of just being automatic five minute, no matter what, then you review it, make sure that it was exactly what they thought it was. And then from there they can either, I believe it's, it's only to reduce the penalty, um, or uphold it. I don't think it's just get rid of it completely. So it'd only be a two minute or a five minute, which is good. Um, I, I like, I like these measures cause it's going to allow for refs to probably always call a major and have it go to review. So if it hits borderline, they'll call a major to be on the safe side and then they go review it and see how it slows down, blah, blah, blah. Which which will help protect players a little more. It'll help discourage you know some of the more dangerous hits. So I'm all for it. The one thing that stinks about all these reviews, like yes, it makes the game you know more fair and uh, better called, all that. But the one problem is it really slows the game down. Yes, it definitely does. Uh, we saw it back in the NFL when they did the um, pass interference reviewing, and they never changed any of it because they were so like hard headed. It felt like the refs were like, no, we're gonna. We called it, and we're not ever wrong, so we're not going to change it. Uh, but yep. it really slowed down the game, and it was uh, a real tough time. That got canned after one season. So Yes, it did. This will be, I don't think, as bad, but regardless, it, it will slow down the game once we start seeing those five-minute majors come up. All right, Chase, let's not talk about Connor Bedard. Starting off with a, a little bit of flash, eh? Yeah, so preseason, uh, you know, began for the Regina Pats in the WHL. Um, I think it was game number one. Connor Bedard starts off the game, you know, with a casual two goals. Um, I don't know who stepped up to, to lay the body on him, but someone went to lay the body on him, and this little 5'9 kid just said, nope, absolutely flattened him back, little reverse hit action. And Connor Bedard just looked like an absolute superstar en route to his team losing 3-2 to two because his team gave up a, a, you know, they had a 2 nothing lead and lost him 3-2 because his team sucks. So Connor Bedard... As he did last year, putting the team on his back, carrying them. It looks like it's gonna be the same thing again. I can't imagine he doesn't get traded, honestly. I think mm. if he stays in Regina, the way he looked in that game, the way he's looked in, in the past, he's ready to put up 120 points. If he gets traded where he can have even a little bit of help, he could be in the 140, 160 range. Like like this this kid's gonna be something else. It's gonna be something we haven't seen in a really long time in, in someone's draft year. It's gonna be super exciting. Hopefully, he ends up getting traded to either a contender or just a team that's even a little bit better with a little more talent other than just another draft-eligible guy to help him out. So, Chase, you've got a lot more experience within the CHL realm. You've been a part of a CHL organization. How does trading work when it comes to these type of uh, these type of teams in this league? Because, obviously, the NHL, you're going to have more long-term prospect with these players. Yep. These guys are shorter years. Is there a huge... 
amount of picks that gets traded, huge amount of players, or is it kind of smaller scale because they know they're only going to have Connor Bedard for one year? Well, it, it'll be really dependent upon the team that gets them. If, if a legitimate contender gets them, or um, I don't, I don't know who's hosting the Mem Cup this year, honestly. But if if a dub team is hosting the Mem Cup, if the Mem Cup team gets them, in in that league you can trade for a Trump picks. You're, you're giving up a first. You're giving up three seconds. You're giving up three thirds, and you're giving up a couple roster players, like at, at least. It, it, just to even have three months of that guy. That, that's what it's worth. Trading is really hard in junior hockey because you have such a, I guess, short window with these players. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it a lot more difficult to kind of put value on things. And then when you look at the OHL, you can't trade first-round picks at all. So it makes things way different. But at least in the, in the dub, you can. So a guy like Connor Bedard, he'll, he'll go for a decent haul. Um, but he does have to go wherever pretty much he permits. When you're still in high school, you um, have the right to decline a trade. And if someone trades you, you can say, no, I'm not moving. So since, you know, he's still only 17 years old, he, they could trade him somewhere and he could say, no, I don't want to. But I would have to guess that if he does get moved somewhere, it's going to be to a better team and he'll say yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that if you send Bedard to a contender already, that's probably just a lock to win the championship. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it when it does happen, because I really think it will, that first three seconds, three-thirds in roster players, that might even be low. Yeah. We'll <laughs> see. We sure will. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, we've got Chase's preseason draft rankings. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code THPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of fantasy football podcasts to get ready for the season, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. The easy earbud tap functions and noise isolation for the gym are perfect. Raycons are my first wireless earbuds, and I would highly recommend them. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. 
Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings and Raycon. If you have any sports betting needs, make sure to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you need some new audio tools, some new audio listening tools, maybe you want to listen to this podcast on the road, make sure to go get you some Raycons. All right, Chase, let's now hop into your preseason draft rankings. Now, how you always do it the past couple of years is you break it up into tiers. Got a bunch of different mm-hmm. players. Uh, now, you said you've got a tier break at 17. Yeah, so instead of doing like a top half, top 16, we'll do a top 17. Yeah, we'll do a top 17. Look at those tiers. Uh, how many tiers do you have in your top 17? I have five. Ooh, okay. Yes. I'm excited. So let's get into tier one. Uh, I I don't want to just outright say that it, it might be a small tier, but feel free. No, you'd be right in saying it. it's, it's a small tier, so... At first overall, in my draft rankings, we do have Connor Bedard. We talked about him um, just in the first half of the show. It just the perfect NHL prospect, except for his size, if you want to make that argument, which has never mattered to me in the NHL, never mattered to me in hockey. He's going to be able to do just fine despite his size. So you just watch him play hockey. If you if you haven't watched him play hockey yet, you need to look up some film on him and just watch what he does. It, it really just is incredible. He's going to dominate this year. He's just in a tier by himself. I also have like a, a potential kind of tab as well, or an upside really. And I have them. So I, I break it down usually into just green, black, and red for like so high, medium, kind of, kind of like how, how like the NHL games are. Mm-hmm. But I have, you know, I have generational franchise, um, elite, top six, top four, blah, blah, blah. I have him as a gold generational prospect because I just think there's, there's no way mm-hmm. he's not. I think there's literally no way. That's a uh, very high praise for the young guy. And uh, I mean, it, it goes hand in hand with everyone out there that actually knows hockey. I know what well, wasn't an, wasn't an athletic. No, it wasn't the athletic. The athletic wouldn't publish something. So no, silly. I don't remember who I think it might, it might have been someone on the hockey news or, or it might've been, no, it was like, it was like betting sharks or some weird website like that. They had Colby Barlow going number one or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Had Connor Bedard at, what was it? Two or three. I feel like it yeah. might've been three. I think, I think I had him at two. Okay. It was crazy, but Connor Bedard, I mean, he's gotten so much national coverage already. Like, I feel like this is the most coverage of prospects has gotten since Connor McDavid. So, yeah, I think everyone knows the name already. Everyone's pretty familiar with him. But let's now move on to your number two player. So, number two, also in a tier of his own, Matthew Mishkov uh, from Scott St. Petersburg in the KHL. He's already, you know, he's already gotten a little bit of KHL action this year before. You know, he, he did get hurt playing for the U25 team. It was kind of new new thing this year to help get some younger players playing KHL games. But he was looking like a stutter already. He was the captain of that team as a 17-year-old. He's just a very special talent. Honestly, his offensive upside, it could arguably be higher than, than Connor Bernard's. But in terms of just the complete package of everything going where there's not a fault in his game, it, it's a little different than Connor Bernard. Um, I, I think Connor Bernard's guaranteed to be this 100-point score, you know, type of guy, like almost every year in his career, where Matthew Mishkov could be anywhere from the 90 to 120 range, like like every year. Like, he, he can, he's going to be scoring at a high rate, or, you know, he could potentially just lead the league in scoring. He's someone that could easily lead the league in goal scoring for many years, kind of like Ovechkin has, you know, for like 10 years, 10, like 10, I think he's done 10 times more in his career. Mm-hmm. He is, is really just a, a special, special player. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him come over to the NHL, but, Probably not for a few years. Now, Mishkov, not the same size as Ovechkin, but over in the MHL, he was breaking some OV records, was he not? Yeah, he, he did break OV record for a goal scored by a 16-year-old player. And he is definitely 
much smaller than Ovechkin, like by three, four, or by six, seven inches, excuse me. But legitimately, he looks like him when he shoots the puck. Mm. Like just be like it, the way it comes off of his stick on, on a one timer on, on on a snapshot. It just it's so it's so quick. It, it's just so powerful looking. It, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we all know about the storyline between Crosby and Ovechkin as they were both coming out of uh, you know juniors or Russia and coming into the NHL. There was that big head to head rivalry. They would face each other in the World Juniors. All that we kind of got a little two here with Connor Bedard being the Canadian kid. And being, you know, super flashy, almost guaranteed to be the number one pick right now. And then Matt Faye Mishkov, uh, he might drop a little bit lower than two just because of his contract over in Russia. But it would be a mistake. This is a guy who has all the talent in the world and um, could really battle with Connor Bedard when it comes to points in the NHL. But let's now move on to your tier three and third player, correct? Yeah, so... I, I got two players in my tier th- in my tier three, so we'll talk about them both. At number three and number four, Anna Fantilli and Dal Wardowski. Anna Fantilli's been to the University of Michigan, start playing this year, and Dal Wardowski's for AIK in the Swedish Allsvenskan League. I'm hoping he gets called up to play some some top league games this year in the SHL, not just in in the second league, but still a good league. Anna Fantilli, I've seen some things about people saying, you know, he should be the number two player. Um, he he should be above Mishkov because he's this big center. He, he's six three. Has an absolute hell of a shot. Is a really strong skater. Um, doesn't really have a flaw in his game, and that's fine. I, I can understand. You know, the need for a center is a little more important than a need for a winger. But when it comes to how much you're actually going to produce in, in the NHL, I don't, I don't think it's close between him and Mishkov. I still think Fantilli is a, a legitimate point per game potential type guy. He would have went first overall in this draft. He probably would have went first overall in the 2021 draft as well. Maybe even 2020. Like th- this, this kid is a supreme talent, and what's already a loaded draft class. So I, I can kind of understand arguments for one, put him second overall, but I'm not going to get there. And then Dalbor Dvorsky, what I really like about him is, you know, he's he's got talent. Don't don't get me wrong, but he's not some uber talented player. He's more of a just kind of smart, like smartest guy on the ice type of thing. Um, he, he sees sees the ice better than anybody else he's against. You know, he's playing against men last year as a 16 year old, sees the ice better than them. Um, playing internationally, he's just. You just look at him, and you, he just knows where to be at all times. He knows where the puck's going. He knows where everybody's going to be. He just understands the game at such a high level on top of having solid skills, too. I think he's got a pretty damn high ceiling. Both these guys are the franchise center type potentials for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think if, if you're picking fourth in this draft, sure, you don't get Connor Bedard, but if you get any of these the last three guys that talked about, you're you're doing backflip still. Now, Mishkov, what would what did you have him as? Did you have generational? Generational, frame? just okay. like, like a – like a black generational one. So like instead of gold for Bedard or green, black, red, head is a black generational. So just like, like, like very well should, should happen. Gotcha. Perfect. Let's now move on to tier four of your draft rankings. So this is players five through nine. I have Zach Benson of the Winnipeg ice, Matthew Wood of the Victoria Cougars, I believe is, or no, that's not the BCH team. We're got, I don't know what the hell I can't, I'm drawing a blank right now. Regardless, Charlie Strommel of the US NCDP, Cam Allen of the Guelph Storm, and Casper Haltonen of HIFK in the Finnish League. We've got one defenseman here in, in the top nine. I mean, really one defenseman in my top 12. Spoil that, Cam Allen at number eight there. Uh, he is, is someone that I, I could see where he goes higher for a team that really needs defensemen, but I also wouldn't be reaching on him just to reach on him. I, I think he's a talented player. I think he's got legitimate you know, top pair, maybe even number one NHL defenseman for a team, but probably is a really just a really, really good number two. Does... Does a lot really well, shoots the puck, 
very well from the point. Um, you know, I think he's got a lot of talent, but really the two guys that stick out to me more than the others in this tier, Zach Benson, small kid, unbelievably gross set of hands, just yeah. unbelievably talented, has all the offense tools that you want, skates well, fires the puck. I was on a very talented Winnipeg team last year. He was their best player as a 16-year-old, a team that had two, three first-round picks this year. Like he, he, he was their best player. And it wasn't really a question, especially in playoffs. He dominated. Matthew Wood put up two points per game essentially last year as in uh, as a 16 year old in the BCHL is going to play college hockey this year a year early. Um, I believe he's committed to Connecticut. Yep. And he's just he's just a fun player. I mean, he's six foot three, hundred hundred eighty five pounds or so. Right handed shot, big body. Um, isn't necessarily like an Ovechkin, but like has the same kind of frame, you know, not, not as heavy, but the same size shoots similar. It isn't necessarily as physical, but he's also willing to do the dirty things if he needs to. He's just kind of a, a complete tools guy for me. I know I'm a bit higher on him than a lot of people. Um, there's people that have more in the teens range, but I think he's got one of the highest, if not, you know, like top two highest ceilings in this draft class. I'm curious because last year when we were talking about some draft rankings, one of the guys that popped up a lot was Uri Slavkovsky, and this was a guy that you initially had in your top 10. Now he wasn't, you know, all the way up to this top, you know, two and even first overall pick like Montreal mm-hmm. eventually used on him. But Uri Slavkovsky was that big body at such a young age already. He was scoring a lot. He was doing very well internationally. Matthew Wood, also a very similar frame already being 6'3". How would you compare these guys? Different type of game? Uh, ceiling-wise, what are you thinking? So I, I think the play styles are, are, are very different. I think Clef more just plays more of like a, a man's type of game where he does things right and, and he can do things well, can do most things well, and is a little more um, ready for physical battles and, and kind of engages the more where Matthew would. He's a little more drawn to, to the offensive upside, the shooting, the talent, um, that, that kind of stuff, and it's willing to be physical too, but... I think they're I think they're different players, and I think Matthew Woods got a higher ceiling than Slavkowski. Honestly, I think Slavkowski can be a great NHLer. He has the potential, but I think Matthew Wood can boom to be a potential forty or fifty goal scorer. Okay, very nice. Now uh, let's hop into your next couple players. However, you want to do it, feel free. So I'll just I'll make two points about you know Charlie Trauma and Casper Halton real quick, um, and then we'll move on to my next tier. Both guys, bigger bodies again. On you know six foot three forwards, Charlie Strombos two sixteen. Um, you know pretty pretty big boy played on that men's team in the, in the U twenties. Um, here that played in August, so good sign for him in his draft year. He's gonna be the highest drafted American this year. Guess Carlton and, and should end up being the highest drafted Finn this year. Um, I got a feeling he's gonna drop my rankings a little bit. Kind of disappointed in the U twenties. I already dropped him a little bit. Hopefully he rebounds a little better. But I see some guys in the next year that could very well overtake him. But going into my next year, this will be the fifth and final tier we talked about today. At number ten, Edward Edward Sala from um, Bruno in the Czech League. If you if you watched any of the um, you know the, the World Juniors, any any of the U18s, you saw this kid play, and he was just completely dominant. Um, Eleven, Braden Yeager from Moose Jaw in the WHL. Number twelve, Nate Danielson from the Brandon Wheat Kings in the WHL. Number thirteen, Mikhail Guliev from Omsky in the MHL. Number fourteen, Quinton Musty from Sudbury in the OHL. Number 15, Theo Lynchstein from Brienas in the SHL. Number 16, Leo Carlson from Orbro in the SHL. And then number 17, Coley Barlow from Owen Sound in the OHL. Excuse me. Very nice. Um, now, there is a couple, like, questions I have because I'm hearing a lot more European names. Yeah. And it just makes me think right off the rip, you got, you know, 
mid to high end uh, first round picks that are, you know, in your rankings. Now you also had Aturatu higher in your rankings. You had uh, Brad Lambert and Joachim Kemmel there. Now these guys all seem to drop a little bit. Uh, it's hard to predict drops, but do you think that any of these players have that potential or maybe even the other way, any of these players really improve their stock this year? So I think really the the guy who's got the best chance, so, so of the names we talked about, so the best chance to really shoot up um, from this tier, I guess, so we'll talk about it, is Edward Shala, or Shala. He is just really an offensive dynamo, a great set of hands. Um, he got a nice shot, skates, you know, not too bad. I think he's just got to really improve on his defensive side, his physicality a little more, and prove that he can do it at the top pro league in the Czech, the Czech league. Because for whatever reason, didn't get any chances. Dominated the 18U league last year. He's going to play in the top league this year. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of success. He's someone I could see moving up. I also could see a world where Braden Yeager ends up as a top 10 pick very realistically. Got a hell of a shot. Uh, just another smart hockey player. Kind of has a has a complete package, not necessarily to the ceiling of Connor Bedard by any means, but another com- complete package type of guy. And then I also could see a path where Mikhail Guliev or Theo Lindshine, either one of those guys end up being the top D taking over Cam Allen. Um, I would still bet on Cam Allen being that guy at this point, but Lindstein was a very highly regarded prospect for quite some time. And he still is a like, top half of the first round is a very talented thing yeah. for sure. But he was someone that was looking like, oh, this kid's going to be a top five pick in this draft class before. Um, mm-hmm. Slow down a little bit, but you can still see a lot, a lot of the tools, a lot of the talent in him. And he, I think he plays a nice, reliable to a game while bringing some potential legitimate offense. So I think any team would be happy to get him, especially you know if they get him at the 15 spot, it's quite a bargain. Uh, very talented draft class coming into it. We all know that the 2023 draft class is going to be exceptional. But I think the, the one thing that stands out to me is we went through your Top 17 players. Yeah. And what? We only have three defensemen? Four defensemen? Three defensemen. So. It's not it's not a draft four defensemen. Okay. That's what I was wondering. I didn't know if it was so deep at forward that even very good defensemen are going to be uh, available later. Or if it's maybe the top defenseman is looking, um, I don't know, maybe as a, a, a top three or a, or a top two guy versus, you know, a truly elite defenseman. Yeah, I think Cam Allen can, like I said earlier, he can be a really good number two. I don't know about a number one. It's kind of the same thing with um, Lynch and Gouliev. I think they have potential, you know, like number two defenseman type guys. I just don't know how great I feel about the number one. And like, for example, my fourth defenseman in this draft class, Hunter Brusowitz ranked 23rd in the next year of players. He is maybe the biggest question mark in this whole draft class. He was someone who was an absolute prodigy of a child um, playing hockey, always always in highlight reels, was well-known coming up here in the Michigan area, and went to the NTDP and just really struggled. So he's going to play in the OHL this year, going to play for Kitchener, and we're going to see what he can do. But for that to be my fourth-ranked defenseman, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of tells you where things are. It's a great forward crop, don't get me wrong, but the D are, are definitely lacking. So last year, one of your darling players was Uri Slavkovsky. You were a huge fan before many people were. I'm curious, this year, obviously outside of Conor Bedard, Matt Mishkov, because everyone loves them and thinks they're going to be great. Um, do you have a darling a little bit lower on your board that uh, you just love his game right now? Not a lot of people are talking about him. So uh, honestly, I mean... I don't know if this counts. He's not necessarily lower on my, my board because he's, he's higher on my board compared to everybody else, but he's still also kind of low. When I, I did talk about Quentin Musty, ranked 14. He's actually someone I see often in the 20s, sometimes even slipping out of the first round. Because his first year in the OHL, he only put up 30 points or so. Was, wasn't anything special. 
but I've watched this kid play, and it's just a very special skill set. He's got great size, an unbelievable set of hands. Um, with that size, he's a pass-first type of guy. It, it, he just is a selfless hockey player. I see legitimate, you know, 70-point-per-year potential for this guy with that size and frame, too. If he can get a little more physical, I mean, he could be a true just absolute force in the NHL. I think he's going to end up being a riser by the end of the year. Very nice. Love to see it. That's why I'm in on him early. Mm-hmm. Sure are. Put that stamp on Quentin Musty before uh, the big national media starts coming out with all their stuff. But that's going to do it for the preseason ranking preview. You heard Chase's top five tiers. You heard his top 17 players. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at the Bolts Broadcast. Or hell, even shoot at him at Chawdust on Twitter. That's going to do it for the show, though. We're going to go to a quick hockey name of the day, and then we'll end it off. Sounds good. We've got O'Shea Redcrow. Yes, sir. O'Shea Redcrow. He is from um, the Seek Seeka. Um, it is a it's like, it's like a, it's like a native area in Canada. I'm in Alberta, so he is um, a First Nations person from Canada. Five foot eleven, two hundred forty pounds, eighteen years old. Pretty big boy. I had two forty at five eleven. Um, playing in the USPHL this year. Played in the HJHL last year, which is like a, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of like a, like a native league, like mostly made for people um, from from those um, native reservations. But last year had 11 points in 33 games in that league as as a 17 year old. Going to get a, a taste at American Junior Hockey this year. See how he does. Absolutely, I love the native names. They're yes. always uh, a lot more unique than some of the others. I think the top top two for me, looking at native names and then Russian names. Because yeah. native names, I always seem to get, and they're always unique. Russian names, I can never get. <laughs> yes. So that's fair. Those are definitely my top two when it comes to hockey name of the day. But that's going to do it for the episode of the Bolts broadcast. So Chase, hit him with an outro. As always, one of the guys listening, want to check us on Patreon, support us there. We'd appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey Podnet. That's at Hockey Podnet. Or I go follow WNP on Twitter, WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure you go to the Hockey Podcast Network.com. You can find all the podcasts network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, raise five stars, answer your questions, comments, concerns. Please do not forget to support DraftKings and Raycon. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.